Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. I am your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. And today we have a Mindset Monday episode, so we're going to dive into habits. We're going to talk about how you can eliminate the bad habits. Um, Man, the more I say tailored life, the more I love that fucking slogan. I think I'm going to put... So I got to call the sticker people for the new space, and I'm like, what do I put on the walls? Because I'm going to paint them gray just like here, Uh, or bluish gray, whatever that is in there. I don't know if you just should do, like, like basic letters. Like, you should do a fat, like, design up there. Yeah, like, I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to just leave them blank. Yeah. And then I have so much (laughs) extra wood from this wall. I'm like, do I have enough extra wood to do that, like, just on the outside of the office, do another wood wall? But, I mean, there's... Just as much, but bigger walls in there than in here. You got to put something on the wall. Yeah. I don't want to put Taylor. But what I'm saying is like, out here you just put the logo. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that again. If you do Taylor Life, do it like in a design. Oh, yeah, for sure. Not just fucking Times New Roman. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That one's like our actual logo. Yeah. Over the quote is like a a different font. But yeah, I don't know. But I think Taylor Life would be sick in there. Yeah. On the back wall. Yeah. It's huge. Totally. The only problem with that is, like, that sticker is so wanna, I'm big. I'm thinking, like, uh, not graffiti, but, like, calligraphy. Cl- cl- yeah, calligraphy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, sick, like, written cool, yeah. like, some yeah. way or something. The hard, So, that, that's where, I like, that might actually be better to get an actual graffiti artist out here. Sick. You know, because the the problem with this, that, that Taylor logo is 40 feet, 50 feet long. It's huge. Long? Damn. I mean, it's big, yeah. dude. It's almost as long as the turf, and the turf is, we de- determined it was, what, 20 yards? Yeah. So it's probably 15 yards long. I don't know how many no, feet that is. Uh, the turf was 15 yards long. Me and Travis. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It was actually like a 13. Okay, yeah. so the, the logo is probably 10 yards long. Totally. Easily. I don't know how many. It's three feet in the yard, so that's 30 feet. Oh, yeah, it was 35. I remember ordering it, 30 feet. There you but, go. It's very hard to stay stuck, and they've had oh, to come yeah. and, like, redo it. And when I have them come out here again, I'm going to have them, like, actually, this is that one spot that's bubbling a little mm-hmm. bit. It's the bigger, biggest sticker they've ever done. I would assume so. So now I'm like, maybe I should get a graffiti artist, because if I want to do that whole wall. It's sick. It would be sick. Yeah. But I think Taylor Life would be dope. Yeah. But uh, a graffiti art could do Taylor Life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah have him do it. Yeah. Or her, or whoever it is. <laughs> My, uh, I have an uncle that that's what he does for a living, but he's in Colorado. Yeah. So he, I'm not, he's not coming out here for that. Mm. He does like fucking vans and I don't know what else. I've seen him do like cars and shit. Van, oh, Old vans, like a car. Yeah, he's just like a professional. I thought you meant artist. like he does gra- graffiti for the brand vans. No, no. Oh. That'd be sick. Yeah. He's an interesting dude. He lived in a, a, a monastery in Florida for a Your long time. Your dad's brother? No, my mom's uh, half brother. Oh. I didn't talk to him for years because he was a monk in a monastery. Didn't Whoa. talk to anybody. We'd like get letters every once in a while. And then he came out and he had like a ponytail. He was like, namaste. <laughs> like, cool. Completely transformed. He, he, he actually has a crazy story. He, he grew up in a, a rough area. So he did like a, he was like a break dancer. And like, then he like in the early 2000s left. And we didn't see him for a while. And he came back and he was just like super spiritual. It was crazy yeah. meeting up with him again. I would assume it would be after doing something like that. Yeah. And then he got into graffiti. Like, cool. Really dope art. But um, yeah, we'll have to. Fucking game plan some of that shit. I'm stoked. Tailored life. It's coming. About. A lot more coming soon. Speaking of tailored life, to live a tailored life, corny transition, you need to have good habits. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> That's part of it. 
Okay, so today we're going to talk about how to break bad habits and how to go- build good ones. So do you want to just jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so the first one is going to be the classic cold turkey removal. Obviously easier said than done. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth throwing out there, though, because, you know, like at the end of the day, there still is value in just upright taking action on something. You know, at the I mean, because we got to think about it like this, too. At the end of the day, no matter which route you take, you know, you're going to listen to this podcast. We're going to give you some actions. We're going to give you some tools to build habits, some thoughts and ideas and methods to remove bad habits. No matter what, part of this journey of building new habits, removing old habits, all that stuff is going to require doing the habit or doing the work when you don't want to do it. Right. So sometimes ripping the bandaid off is just the best way to do it. Why linger into it? Just say, fuck it, get it done, rip the Band-Aid off, start the new habit, cold turkey, remove the old habit, and just get into it. Um, And I think that's what this is about. So for some people, that's just your personality type. You're an all or nothing type of person. This is how I tend to be. It can definitely bite you in the ass sometimes because we have to remember that it's not always sustainable. So if you are planning to do a cold turkey removal of bad habits so that you can start building new habits and good habits, Make sure that you have a plan for when you get tired of it. And that's the only advice I'm going to give you. Because like I said, I think this is a personality type thing. For some people, they just need to rip the bandit off, get it done, go all in and just just take the leap. Cold turkey, remove, start something new, start your journey, start pushing yourself. However, 30 days in, it's very tempting to say fucking do whatever, right? And one of the reasons I think this is the perfect time to actually talk about this is because right now we are at the beginning slash middle of sober October. Yeah. A bunch of people doing it. We have some clients doing it and I think it's great. It's a cool thing. I'm pretty sure Joe Rogan and all of his friends do it every year. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Tom Segura. Yeah. But I would also say, I can't speak for those guys. I I think I can speak for Joe Rogan just because I listen to the podcast enough where I don't think he has an alcohol or drug problem. I think he's a pretty fucking healthy person. Yeah. Um, so when he does sober October, although it's probably hard because he would probably like to sit back and smoke a joint or have a beer or what glass of whiskey, whatever he drinks. I know he smokes, but He's not like in a place where he like is is fiending for it. He's not like addicted to it. He's not like really into it. So when October's over, he can be stoked to celebrate, have a drink, but he's still going with his normal health lifestyle. So the reason I bring this up is because there's some people who do sober October and it is this complete isolation from alcohol, complete removal. And then when it comes November, it's this fuck it mentality and you start drinking even more so than you were before October, right? Especially at the beginning. And then it kind of defeats the purpose, right? I don't do sober October if it's a, if your goal is to slowly drink less alcohol, just set a goal of, I'm only going to drink three days a week instead of five, you know, like that's what you should be doing. Um, but if you do decide to do sober October, you do decide this cold turkey removal is the best route for you have a plan for after fact, after the fact, right? So if, if October is nothing, what is your November plan? Right? How are you going to have any type of accountability? How are you going to make sure you have some borders or outlines to be like, I'm only going to drink on these days once this is over so that you don't go into it with zero plan, drinking whenever, and it becoming an issue. Yeah. you know, Assuming that's their goal. It's not, I mean, I know a lot of people just do it just to see if they can do it. Yeah. You know 100%. what I mean? I yeah. mean, like you kind of said, that's what Joe does. But mm-hmm. if if you're not planning on drinking more afterwards, like yeah. some people just say, hey, is there any way I can I drink think- 30 30- not drink for 30 days. Yeah. I think, I don't think anybody goes into it like not drinking cause they, they 
think they're going to drink more or want to drink more after the fact. I think it's a natural habit. When you restrict something, you want it more. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? So I think it creates a bad habit if you don't do it properly. That's why cold turkey is not for everybody. Um, I would assume, I don't know why Joe does he, I never heard him say why. I would assume it's for like a, a test of self-discipline. Yeah, and, and mental clarity. and yeah. yeah. It's like the cold shower thing. Like doing it consistently is... Is there these crazy health benefits that are going to change the way your physiology? I mean, kind of, yeah. but splitting hairs. It's more so just like, do you have the discipline to turn that shit on cold and, and fight through it consistently on a regular basis? It yeah. builds grit. I think that's the main point. Um, but my purpose here is cold turkey is a valuable option for a lot of people. Just make sure that you have a plan for after the fact. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it probably won't go well. Totally. I love it. All right. Next one is going to be number two is going to be replace habit for another habit. Mm. So this is like probably one of the best for, for the majority of people because it's replacing a bad habit with a good one. So the, the, an easy way to explain this one too is, is thinking of sedation. So everybody has their sedation, right? A sedation is a something we do to relieve. Uh, I mean, technically, I think by definition, it's like to relieve pain or suffering or something like that. But an example is when somebody is depressed, when somebody is sad, when somebody is stressed, what is your vice? What is your sedation? What is your thing, your guilty pleasure, quote unquote, right? Some people it's eating, some people it's alcohol, some people it's drugs, um, whatever it may be. Um, some people even have an addicted addiction to exercise and they, they exercise too much, you know, or they diet too hard, right. Or whatever it is, that's a sedation tool. It's a way for you to feel better about yourself sometimes. Right. And this is where it can get out of hand. You need to replace that sedation at times. Right. So if alcohol is your sedation, what can you replace with that? Maybe it is running a mile because maybe you don't exercise too much and that's a good one to replace it with. Um, maybe it's learning a new skill. Maybe it's playing music. Maybe it's whatever it, whatever it needs to be, right? Um, you're replacing that sedation with a positive thing. Now, if it's just a bad habit that isn't like an addictive thing, it's easier to do because there is a reward or a dopamine response when we have that sedation, when we fall victim to drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever the thing is that is our sedation tool that maybe fucking playing music or watching something or going on a run doesn't do for you yet. So you have to like slowly build it up. But we all also have bad habits, maybe that's snacking. What can you replace snacking with, right? Maybe it's, uh, maybe your bad habit is something not even that bad. And it's like, you watch too much TV and you're not active enough. So it's not helping you work towards your goals. Or you snack the most when you're watching TV. Okay. Before you watch TV, can you go on a walk, do something healthy, grab some strawberries and grab some strawberries. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like create something that allows you to do that. But, uh, for the most part, it's just, it's literally just replacing. It's, it's pretty simple. And a lot of people just don't, honestly, just don't think about it. Yeah. It's actually the easiest thing to do. And sometimes you can't replace all of them because a lot of our bad habits aren't necessarily things that we need to remove completely from our lives. Or we don't think that they're very bad. Yeah. I, I would say maybe they're not that bad, but they yeah. could be holding you back from your, yeah. the goal you have or the results you're after if it's fitness and nutrition. Um, or it's just not something you do every single day, but it's still holding back. Maybe it's a weekend thing. You know, um, I, a good example of this would be, you know, my bad habit. I can think of one. Actually, this is a habit that wouldn't be looked at as bad, but it's something I would like to change. Not right this second, but in, in the perspective of fat loss goals, this is always the thing that holds me back. Saturday nights, I always have some wine, cheese, meats, whatever me and Shannon do, which is usually the same fucking thing. It's usually always charcuterie board. But I always underestimate 
and I tell myself I won't eat as much so I can have more during the day. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll wake up and I'm like, I'm going to have a healthy breakfast and I'll be fine. I'm not going to eat a ton of wine and cheese tonight. I'm just going to keep it chill. And I'm going to work out today so I need some, you know, good food. So I'll have like a big cup of oatmeal, eggs. Like it's a high calorie meal, but it's all healthy. It's all good. Work out. Then I have a decent lunch. I use most of my calories and I go into it thinking I'm just going to have a little bit of wine and cheese. Then I demolish wine and cheese. I have a whole bottle to myself. I kill a block of cheese basically, like a lot. And I do it all the time. So my bad habit is waking up and giving myself the benefit of the doubt. Instead of just knowing, dude, you're going you're gonna to eat a lot tonight. Yeah. Just accept it and either A, don't partake at all, or B, partake but cut back in the morning like you know you should for a flexible approach. And that's kind of always my plan. So my habit should be, you know what, instead of eating breakfast, I'm going to have a protein shake. Low calorie, just protein. Also, all I need when I'm going to go work out anyway because it's a light day on Saturday morning. Then for lunch, I'll keep it real light with just like veggies and chicken protein and veg. I'm going to save a ton of calories for night. And now I, I just simply swapped, not necessarily a bad habit, but a habit that doesn't help the bad habit later on yeah. that I don't want to get rid of, I guess, with something that is easier for me to be flexible with. And then I can stick with my goal. So when I say replace a bad habit with a good habit, sometimes it's not even something that's actually bad or should be frowned upon. It's just something that maybe in conjunction with the thing that you're doing later on, like I just use as an example, is holding you back from getting to your weight loss goal. Because when I'm in a cut, that's the biggest struggle for me is Saturdays. So that's the day I'm with my family. I just want to have, you know, good lunch with everybody. Like, but I can easily pull back so I can make more room for my date night at night. So that's an easy example. But there's a ton of different things we can think of here, guys. Um, Bad habit could be staying up too late watching Netflix when you should be going to bed, getting sleep, like just, I mean, it's endless. But the point is, List out the habits you would like to change, list out the habits you would like to add, and where can they be done in the same place at the same time, and somewhat in the same category, like you said, replace the cookie for strawberries, like those are both things that you could eat on the couch while watching Netflix, they're both food, they're both a snack, let's swap them, like make a list and then just simply make swaps. Yeah. Simple. Totally. Don't overthink it. Hey guys, I want to take a quick moment to shout out the podcast sponsor of today, and that is Giant Lifting. You can head over to giantlifting.com and use the coupon code TCM5 to save a little bit of cash when you're at your checkout. Giant Lifting is a local brand to me here in Washington, but they are spanning over the entire country and eventually probably going to grow beyond that because they are a rapidly growing fitness equipment company. In fact, I can't say this for sure, but I would venture out to believe they're the fastest growing fitness equipment company there is on that market because it's insane how quickly they're growing. And it comes to no surprise, they have a five out of five customer rating out of 1,400 reviews, almost 1,500 reviews, five out of five stars. That's unheard of. And the truth is they have better shipping, they have better quality, they have a wide variety, and their customer service truly feels like a local brand. We all know those local small town brands that just feel good when you get to talk to them, you get to order from them, their customer service is more responsive to you. That is Giant, and that's why I love Giant Lifting. Not only because I know them personally, but my gym is full of their stuff, and our clients' garage gyms, CrossFit gyms, actual gyms are all full of their equipment too now because we've been recommending them so 
frequently. So once again, guys, if you need fitness equipment, whether you own a gym, a CrossFit box, or you're in your garage gym, they have what you need. You're going to get it for a better deal. You're going to have better customer service. Shipping is going to be faster and cheaper, which they make sure of. And you are not going to be dissatisfied of the quality of the product. I can promise you that. So head over to giantlifting.com. I'll put a link of that in the description of this podcast. You can follow them on Instagram at giant underscore lifting and make sure you use the coupon code TCM5 at checkout. Without any further ado, let's jump back into the podcast. All right, cool. We'll go to the third one. Third one is going to be the Red X Theory. This is uh, one of my favorites just because Jerry Seinfeld used it, but he did the Red X, like told the joke every day, and that's how he practiced his jokes. Every day he wrote a new joke. It was just Red X on the calendar. Um, granted, he's still not that great of a stand-up <laughs> comedian. His show is hilarious, but uh, the point is, is once you see a series of Red X's, you're, you're not going to want to break that. So this is, I mean, this is habit tracking 101. Looking at a whiteboard, looking at a calendar or whatever, and seeing the Red X's, once you get even just like three, four, five Red X's in a row, you really don't want to break that streak. So in this scenario, it could be, I'm going to stop drinking alcohol or I'm going to stop eating potato chips. I'm going to stop doing whatever. I'm going to mark a red X every time I stop doing that habit. Or it could be twofold. Half an X is when I stop this habit. Half an X is when I start this habit. Or it could be just adding new habits because a lot of times what people don't realize is the best way to remove bad habits is to include good habits. Don't Mm -hmm. think about removal. Just think about uh, inclusion instead of exclusion, right? So a lot of times this is why flexible dieting works so well. Instead of clients coming on board and us saying, hey, like we need you to stop eating fast food. We need you to stop eating Snickers bars. Hey, you seem to drink a lot. We're going to stop that. Our focus is let's include more protein. Let's include having your supplements. Let's include more vegetables. When we include these foods, we naturally exclude other things because you're filling your body more with good nutrients. You're more focused on healthy foods. You're filling your plate with whole nutrients. You're just less likely to have the junk, less likely to go over your calories. You're less likely to fall into that kind of rabbit hole of junk and overeating. Um, So it's really, really simple. But the red X theory is, is literally your... It's it's your dopamine and reward system for accomplishing habits. If you haven't read the book Atomic Habits, it's an, an unbelievable book, but it talks a lot about this. And in your brain, there's different neurotransmitters, but dopamine is one of them that really makes you feel good inside is kind of the best way to think about it. It's why um, being addicted to drugs, a big part of that is it's a, there's a dopamine effect when you get high on certain drugs, most drugs, basically all drugs, yeah. dopamine gets elevated. You feel really good. Well, that feeling is irreplaceable, right? And this is also the problem with, and this is like totally left field for some people listening. Um, plug your kid's ears if, if they're in the car with you. But porn, that's one of the reasons why porn, and this is like, there's this whole thing on this right now with, with guys watching porn, but um, you get this huge dopamine kick. Well, now when we have this elevated dopamine response to something like that, things in normal life, like actually attracting your wife or your spouse or whoever to have sex drops, right? There's no, there's no work to get to porn. So dopamine's elevated extremely easy and it makes other things worse. Same thing with drugs. You take one hit, boom, dopamine's through the roof. That's pretty easy to get rewarded. Whereas in real life, you have to spend weeks in the gym. You have to build a business. You have to build new habits. You have to read through a full book. You have to watch an entire movie. You have to do things that take a long period of time to get that feeling of reward and dopamine by the end of it. And that's work. Humans are all about convenience and making things easy, right? So a lot of these bad habits actually increase dopamine too quickly. Well, 
one way that we can mimic dopamine for the betterment of us and essentially take advantage of this addictive response we have as human beings is to track our habits and mark a red X every time we accomplish whatever it is. And the more days we accomplish this and the more red X's we check off, the more times we're using that dopamine response. And believe it or not, when you check that red X, you feel accomplished, you feel happy, you feel proud of yourself, you feel grateful, you feel rewarded, you are doing well, right? So now every time I mark a red X, I get a dopamine response, I'm rewarded, I feel good about blank. Yeah. And it could be walking a mile, drinking a gallon of water, taking your fish oil, working out, whatever the good habit is. And now you're associating a positive uh, reward system and a positive addiction to whatever it is you're trying to accomplish as a sustainable habit. So it's quite literally the key to being addicted to success in a way is marking down things. I, I do this with countless things in our business. I do this with my training. I do this with so many different things. I do this every day with my habits for saying, uh, you know, saying something to my wife, saying something to my daughter, even like, like little, little things that, you know, as a, a male who is extremely busy and has a family, I just take for granted. I forget to do at home, right? I catch myself on this when I stop tracking these habits. So for people out there, you can do this with everything. And instead of just having like one red X on the calendar, which I think is a very good strategy that you should use if you're trying to build one solidified habit. But at the same time, if you have multiple habits, you want to tell your significant other that you love them every day. You want to make sure that you do X, Y, Z with your kid every day. You want to hit the gym every day. You want to um, create something every day. You want to learn something every day, read every day, have 10 red X's that you use, but you have a box of check boxes and it's checking them off. It's the same fucking thing. The point is you are actionably checking a box yeah. in an app, in an Excel sheet, on a calendar, whatever it is. Um, and that's going to give you that response in your brain that makes you feel good. And if we feel good about what we're doing from a habit perspective, it's way more likely to stick. Totally. You know? Some kind of accomplishment. Yeah, 100%. Um, and you got to at least do this for 21 to 30 days. Is like, like So th three to four weeks is like the minimum of what I've seen in research to make it a sustainable habit. Like you do this for that long. Af after that point, now it becomes something that you don't really have to think about. You don't need the red X to keep doing it because it's just ingrained in your lifestyle and your habits. But there is a good amount of research, and I hate to say this because this is a long period of time that says 66 days is like the, the sweet spot of like you truly want to establish something as a, as a hard habit. 66 days is the amount of days you need to do it in a row for it to become like second nature, back of your hand, no questions asked, you do it. Now, there's individual variances. So you might feel so good doing something after 30 days that you don't need longer. You're going to do it with or without the checkbox because you feel good and you see the benefits of doing it. But there is a good amount of research showing six, six days is like when. Yeah, some things might take longer than the others. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Good one. Um, let's go on to the next one, which is number four is building a habit tracker. You kind of went over this a little bit, but if you want to go into detail about it. Yeah. So um, I kind of started touching on the end there, but it's basically taking this red X theory and building out a, a tracker for your habits. So um, an easy way for people to do this is to get uh, a Google sheet and type in as many rows as you need to as of the habits you want to accomplish. I typically don't recommend going over eight habits in a day. That tends to be what I find is like any more than eight gets kind of overwhelming for anybody, um, even myself, right? Um, you need it. I would say one is obviously the minimum, but if we're building out a habit tracker, it goes beyond just the red X's. I think this is where you need at least three habits per day. I like four to eight for most people because we can cover every area of your life, body being balanced business kind of thing, you know? Um, and typically I try to have two in each, so that gives you eight. 
But if you create a tracker, you can list out however many, and then in the column next to it, you can just put, you can insert checkboxes. And then you have checkboxes, and you just check them off every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now you literally have a hab tracker. By the end of the day, those all better be checked off. And if you really want to step it up, have somebody that you have accountability with. Maybe it's a buddy that wants to do the same thing. And then they have access to your sheet, and you guys can keep each other accountable. Now you know, are you doing the work? But the point is, is you have some kind of habit tracker. Um, if you're like me, uh, and I don't do this anymore because I have an app of something I'm part of that I can use. But uh, when I worked at home and I, I always, I'm a huge whiteboard guy. So I had a whiteboard next to my desk. I just created a huge fucking box and it had all these check boxes in it. And I knew like the list of things right next to it. And once I accomplished all the things on the list, check the box, right? And so I'm trying to check off X days because there's X amount of boxes. But the whole point of a habit tracker is really just picking a handful or so habits and then having those listed out with some way of marking them off, checking the boxes, doing something to signify that you got it done, and then tracking those day to day. That's It's quite literally, it's your metric for uh, proving to yourself and to whoever you're working with, if you're working with anybody, that you are accomplishing the habits on a regular basis and you're, you're proving yourself that you're making it a habit. You know, because you got to do it repetitively for it to be a habit. Totally. And again, it uses that whole reward center dopamine response that I just talked about with the red X theory um, while actually tracking it. Yeah. So pretty simple. Yep. Totally. I love that. All right. Number five, we're going to go this last one, which is create a negative motivator or a consequence. So this can go two different ways. Um, so the, the, the first way I would explain this is at the beginning of your journey, you can have a negative motivator. And for some people, this works great. For others, it doesn't. If you are that person, you know. Like, you know which type of person you are because you know what motivates you. So when I say this, you'll know if that's you or not. But um, I, I've talked about my journey into fitness many times on this podcast and others, and it started with a negative motivation. It started with me looking in the mirror and not liking what I see and admitting it to myself and kind of vulnerably not really accepting it because I wasn't accepting it. I was trying to change, but looking at myself and admitting to myself that I didn't like what I saw and I detailed out, what am I seeing right now that I don't like? What is the part of me that wants to change? You know, it's, it's kind of brutally honest with yourself about my body fat, about how I'm unathletic, about how my knee is still fucked up and I never rehab properly. Like all the things I really wanted to change that hurt me emotionally, I'm just going to be open about it. That's a negative motivator. My motivation is to get away from this negative feelings I have um, and prove to myself and others that I can do this, right? So there's negative motivators that can trigger you. And this is usually digging a little bit deeper and finding the pain that you have around whatever you're going through in life, around whatever the opposite of your goals is, really realizing what you want in life and then owning up to all the reasons why you don't have it and why you're not there. Yeah. Those are all negative motivators. A lot of times it's reality and it's hard to face, but those are the things that are going to motivate you forward. For some people, it shuts them down because it makes them feel like they're further away from their goal and now they're like, fuck, I really can't achieve it, which in my opinion is not the way to think about it. It's just showing you the contrast of where you are compared to where you need to be. And a lot of times you need that brutal honesty in order to kickstart you moving towards where you want to be. But if that's not you, don't go down that rabbit hole. Trust me. But if it is you or you're wondering if it's you, journal on it. Write it out. Think about what, what you don't like in regards to where you're at. And really show yourself where the contrast is between where you're at now versus where you want to be um, in however many months or years or whatever. Um, now, the consequence is creating a consequence if you don't accomplish it. I mean, literally. So 
I did this with clients at the beginning when I wasn't really charging, but I wanted people to take it seriously and I was trying to get experience training people. I had them fill out a blank check and, or, well, they filled out the check we just didn't date it. They signed it, I signed it. So if they didn't follow through with the protocols, didn't check it, whatever, I would date the check, cash it, and then I get 500 bucks or whatever it was. Um, so for them, there was a negative consequence there, right? If you paid. They, yeah, exactly. They lose $500 if they don't get, get this, right? If they do get it, they lose 50 pounds. You know, yeah. it's a pretty, it's like, it's a win-win or lose-lose. Like, yeah. it's up to you. I mean, I guess it's not lose-lose because I would make 500 bucks. But um, the point is, is having some kind of negative consequence there. Um, you know, I've done this with 90 outcomes where I set goals and it's like, my outcome is this trip or I'm going to buy myself a new MacBook for work or, or whatever it may be. And if I don't hit my goals, then I don't buy this. I don't get this reward at the end of it. So that can be kind of looked at as like a positive motivation, but it's also a negative because I guess a negative would be more like you're taking it away. Yes. Right. I already have this and I'm going to definitely it's gone if I don't accomplish it. Um, it would be like me and you setting goals and me being like, all right, dude, if I don't make this, you get my MacBook. Yeah. I got to give it to you. And I signed a a fucking contract, you know, saying like you get my MacBook. Um, So you're working for to not lose something. Exactly. Um, and that can be pretty good because I could live without a new MacBook. But I probably couldn't live without a MacBook. Yeah. You know, I need it because yeah. that's literally what I do my work on. So create something that is a negative consequence that it gets removed or taken away from you that would be a, I mean, a, a really serious burden to say the least so that you have a fire under your ass to make shit happen. Like you are going to accomplish this because if you don't, this is removed from you, your life, whatever it may be. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's the best way to look at it, in my opinion, is just like something being taken away from you, or it's that initial motivator at the beginning of you being brutally honest with yourself. Where are you at now? Where do you want to be? Use that negativity and that pain of where you're at now as a fuel to get you where you want to be, because you don't want to be there anymore. Yep, exactly. Plain and simple. Yeah. So cool, guys. Well, that was the last one for today. Hope you got a lot out of that. And uh, any other things? Rapid fire. 27 yeah. minutes. 20. Well, we'll see with the ads and the intro and all that. But <laughs> under 30 minutes, guys, that is a record. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Happy fucking Monday. I hope you guys go and crush your week. Uh, take into consideration everything we said today. Put it to work and start achieving more in your life with it. That's the whole point of these podcasts. And, and as always, if you like this podcast, leave us a five-star rating and review. And if you have any ideas for topics for us, click the Ask Boom Boom link, ask us a question, give us a topic of discussion, and we will throw it in the list of what we will shoot for new episodes. Get after it. Get after it.